Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Zedig. My pronouns are she, her. Uh, today I'm doing dishes. Hi. It's, uh... 12.26 on uh, f- f- uh, Friday, June 23rd? 24th? Hold on. 24th. Uh, June 24th. 2022 is uh, uh, also known as the day that the Supreme Court repealed Roe v. Wade. Uh, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just gonna talk about whatever's on my mind, uh, while I'm doing dishes. We got a lot of dishes here. I haven't done them in a couple of days, uh, so I'm gonna be doing that. This is gonna be a bit of an ASMR-ified episode, because, obviously, I'm gonna be doing dishes. There's gonna be a lot of, uh, rattling and running water and stuff like that, and my girlfriend, Zoe, is uh, on her computer, uh, so you're gonna be probably hearing some clickety-clack from uh, her keyboard. So, um, I don't know, if I can get used to that, I guess. Uh, Hopefully the audio is okay. I've literally just got my phone uh, (laughs) sitting in between the bars on our cabinets, just like the two handles for, for two cabinets that are side by side. Uh, I just have my phone recording sitting in there because it just seems convenient. Um, and it doesn't look like I'm clipping, so I guess we'll see how that works out. Uh, I'm going to drink a little bit more coffee. Mm. Ah, that has a lot of sugar in it. Um, I don't put sugar in my coffee. Let's be clear here. I make black coffee and I put some um, half and half in it and that's it. Except for when I drink instant coffee. I have We have a bunch of uh, uh, fancy instant coffees from places uh, that, that are good for when you want coffee but you don't want to grind coffee. I don't have a coffee machine. I have a, a pour over carafe because I was uh, really pretentious in college, and now I'm just committed to the bit, <laughs> I guess. Um, when you have, uh, when you've, when you've got to the point where you have a uh, double-walled coffee carafe and a gooseneck electric kettle and a coffee grinder, you're sort of, you've, you've sort of silo yourself into a particular lifestyle uh and i'm gonna be honest with you um i do really like the taste of of coffee that i have just ground and brewed myself uh but i also lived off of like shitty folgers with powdered uh creamer on film sets for years uh and frankly i don't know that there is much of a difference in the long term, coffee is coffee, I guess. Uh, I'm not much of a snob, actually. Uh, I just play one <laughs> online. Get rid of some of this tinfoil. Should I be saving tinfoil? Are we at that stage of the end of the world where it's time to be like, maybe I should, maybe I should 
clean and save this tin foil. Maybe I shouldn't be throwing away every piece of floss that I use. Maybe I need to save my floss and only use it. No, never mind. I need to actually do dishes here. <laughs> I don't want to just spend this whole time and put some dishes away here because we've got a little countertop uh, dishwasher here. Uh, that hooks up to our sink. It's really, it's a, it's a neat little system. It's not very big, but it works for us. There's just the two of us and it, and it, and it works out. Um, we have a nice little arrangement here. Uh, my girlfriend does the majority of the cooking and I clean the dishes. And I'm actually pretty happy with that as an arrangement. If I seem muted, it's because to put away the dishes, I have to be on the other side of this cabinet door. So we'll see how that sounds. Oh. Hmm. Oh. What do I want to talk about? See, the thing is that we are, what am I going to say about Roe v. Wade that hasn't already been said by everybody? I'm not a, uh, a law scholar. I'm not possessed of some secret wisdom. I'm just a goat. Put the silverware away and start running some hot water. Um, I gotta stop saying um so much. That's like I got out of that habit, sort of, kinda, when I was doing podcasts and streams and stuff so much more regularly. Now I'm coming back after a long hiatus, I guess. And I'm having to relearn all my habits. Although I guess putting away dishes and doing dishes while I'm recording a podcast, already not um, not the most uh, audiophile friendly creative choice that I could be making. always the fun part is I have to strategize where do I put the dishes in what order do I want to clean them what is the most efficient pathway forward to having a not cluttered kitchen full of dishes uh, this is always the trick well step one is always if there's dishes that can go into the dishwasher, put them in the dishwasher. Um, and there's a bunch that can go in the dishwasher, actually. Probably gonna need to fill the sink with some hot water. Um, I don't really want to talk about Roe v. Wade because I feel like we're all kind of on the same page about that. We knew it was coming. 
we've known that it was coming. I mean, if if you've been paying attention, you've you've known that this has been coming for a very long time. And I certainly understand the uh, the general feeling of dread and horror, frankly, that everybody is experiencing, or that a lot of people are experiencing right now. Um, as a result of this and many other uh, sterling Supreme Court decisions. Let's get all these dishes over here. All right, coffee. I could take another sip of that. Get real close to the microphone. No idea how that comes across. I hope that this audio is usable. Uh, mm. Mm. Okay. I've been thinking a lot about Texas, really, is where, where, where my cognitive energy has been in terms of thinking about our present political moment. Um, I think uh, if any of you have, have uh, spent any significant amount of time in Texas, especially if you grew up there on some level, okay. My, my screen just went dark on my phone. I was like, oh no, did it stop recording? No, it appears to have continued recording, which is always a good sign. Um, I went to high school in Texas. And, uh... Who? Fine, get out of here. Fucking Walgreens calling me. I'm recording a podcast, Walgreens. I know it's time for me to refill my prescriptions. Don't you know the world is ending? Jesus Christ, man. Get a grip. Grow up. Oh, boy. Let's see here. If you spend any amount of time uh, in Texas or, you know, um, well... I'll just keep it personal here. Shut up, phone. I have all of my fucking notifications turned off. What is your fucking problem? Ugh. My phone. I swear to God, it has been doing shit. Isn't it awesome? No, I had you on silent, bastard. Turned off silent mode without my, without my consent. I hate technology. Isn't it so cool that we just sort of ceded the entire future to a bunch of corporations that have absolutely no accountability to the public uh, or to anybody, seemingly. Um, it's really neat. It's really cool and good, the situation that we're in. Um, I went to high school in Texas, and I had a pretty bad time there. I found, I mean, th there's a reason that I have spent a pretty, <sighs> mm. 
I guess I'll phrase it this way. There's a reason that uh, every time I go back to Texas, uh, there's a part of me that very much believes uh, I'm probably going to die there, that certainly expects that I'm going to die there. Uh, I found Texas to be a deeply um, hostile and fascistic place uh, bureaucratically, culturally, which... I guess to people who didn't, who, who've never lived in Texas, or maybe who only, I don't know, I, I, I have no idea to what extent uh, the conservative order is ignorable in Texas for people today, uh, for, for adults, I should say. So I can't really, because I, I haven't lived there as an adult. I, I got out when I was in, uh, when I, after I graduated high school. Uh, I lived there for a little while, for about nine months, um, uh, and then I went to college in Oklahoma, and I didn't, so from like 20, I, I, I think I moved out of Texas when I was like 22, 21, 22, and I uh, haven't spent, I haven't lived there since then. I need to run some hot water, uh, but I, I, yeah, I haven't, uh, so, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how things are for people who live there. I can only speak to my experience, but my experience was that school in Texas, um, I mean, I was not taught what communism was. I was taught that it was a alternative to capitalism that failed because it was evil. Um, I was taught that we won Vietnam. Um, I, I was taught that... Uh, uh, I was taught trickle-down economics. I was taught, like, Reaganomics, completely straight-facedly. I'm going to run this hot water here. Now, is that normal? Is it normal in America for people to be taught, like, Reaganomics? Uh-huh. I can't speak for what's normal for anybody else. I just know my own experience. And my experience has been fucking terrible. You know, I was in Texas. Like, I moved to Texas almost immediately after 9-11. Uh, well, no, right before. Immediately before 9-11. Because I was in middle school when 9-11 happened. And I... Uh, in more hot water, actually. And I remember going to... Uh, going to class that morning and getting like I can't remember what class it was. It was something like it was it was something very I think it was it was either history or social studies. It might have been an art class, I don't know. But we had an assignment and it was like everybody kept hearing all of this news, like something is happening. It was just like it was trickling all over the uh, whatever all of it. No, it was gym because we went to uh, we we heard the news 
And then uh, the, the the coach was like, well, you've got to finish your whatever. And then we're going to go on an assembly to uh, the library to see what's going on. And so I, I, I specifically remember... Uh, as when we when we finished gym, we had to go to the locker rooms and get changed and everything. And I remember one kid like pulling out a uh, uh, like a, a a pocket CRT radio thing. So it was like uh, about as big as a loaf of bread, but it had a, a you know an old cathode ray tube TV on it. It had radio antennas, so it picked up public broadcasts. And I specifically remember this kid like tuning in to public news with all these other te- like young teen boys crowding around, and I crowded around with them and uh, uh, watched watched it happen as it happened. Uh, and then we all went to the um, to the library where they had. Uh, they had TVs all, they had big, like, you know, CRT TVs mounted in the corners of every classroom um, and, in, and all over the place in the library. Uh, and they broadcast all kinds of stuff throughout the year there. But uh, yeah, they had, they put 9 11 on the TV and we all just sort of watched and we're like, what the fuck? What the fuck do we do now? What the hell? Um, and so. Uh, I I was in Texas for that and and for the years that followed. Uh, I I remember um, my my neighbor at the time was like uh, uh, one, the, he he was he's, he must have been you know eighteen nineteen, but I remember thinking he was pretty cool because he was just like an older guy who seemed normal. Uh, well, well, an older kid who seemed normal, you know, um, not like, not a, a lot of the guys that I met there were very jockey, very stereotypical in a, in a lot of their behaviors, and it just didn't, it didn't click for me. But this neighbor kid seemed all right. But he joined the, the army, and I, and I very, very directly remember, like, talking to him, and, and I was... God, I had to have been like 12, 13 at this point. No, so 2001, so I was, yeah, I was 12. Um, I, I remember uh, talking to him, and he's like, yeah, I'm going overseas to, to fight for your freedom. And, and, and it was very, like, very earnest, just directly like, no, I'm, I'm doing this for you and for everybody. Um like this 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 person really believed in the mission and i and i have no idea what happened to him i i hope he's okay um but i but i i saw firsthand experienced firsthand just how little bureaucracy in texas cares about kids trans or otherwise like the only kids they've ever cared about there are the kids of rich white people, and um, I don't know. I saw that firsthand. I saw how how ready they were to throw me to the wolves, um, just because I didn't have. I I just never really made sense 
in the uh, in the public education system as a person. I've just never uh, never fit there. Um, I mean, and it, and it wasn't flexible for people with different, you know, learning styles. I, the older I get, the more I'm like, well, shit, I, I've just been, I've been autistic this entire time, and everybody was trying to tell me, no, you're normal. No, you're normal. You just, you're just not good at living. What a, what a great way to raise a generation of people. No, 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 no. You see, the, the thing is, you don't have a condition. You're a completely normal, high-functioning uh, human being. Uh, the, the, the problem is that you, on, a, uh, on an interpersonal level, on a soul level, are just bad at existing. And you need to fix your heart because you're doing something wrong. It's not anybody else. Always comes back to personal responsibility, doesn't it? Ain't that a bitch? Um, I don't know. I'm, I, I just it, it, it never. Even in high school, I, I was very, very aware of the fact that probably Texas is going to turn uh, deeply, violently fascist in my lifetime, and I've always felt kind of deeply afraid of of that place um, and like I think it's easy for 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 some people to sort of be like well and and, and, and I use myself as an example here uh, because it's the, the example that I have access to but I'm trying to generalize uh, on, a, on a broader scale but I think it's easy for some people to say well Sarah uh, you had this experience but you're white you had it pretty easy uh, and you didn't experience like half of what what people of color experience in, in in repressive states like that. And the answer to that is, of course, yes, you're absolutely right. And that makes it all the more fucked up, as it always does. Uh, if you have any sort of empathy, um, any sort of solidarity for your fellow man. Um, the realization that your life has been as hard as it has been and yet still somehow you count as lucky uh, is not actually a, uh, a, and a, a ringing endorsement of the state of society, nor is it proof that you yourself should not endeavor to change things. Um, and the thing is, right, like, you know, I'm still alive. I'm, I, I the state did not kill me in, in, in a way that it absolutely did kill and has killed and will continue to kill many people. Um, but I did get stopped by the cops like all the fucking time. Um, I, I have, I've never understood the, uh, the state of cop worship, you know? That's so warm. There is something really absurd about... It's the reason why I've, I felt the urge to record right now is that I, you know, I needed to do the dishes and I was just sitting there staring at Twitter. I, I, I guess in a way I'm, I'm, I'm not as shaken by the news today as I might otherwise be, as perhaps a lot of 
people are for very good reason if only just because like this is we've known this is coming um even before the 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 draft memo leaked um we knew this was coming and on some level i've been waiting for it my whole life because in texas I felt like all the time it was like I, I remember having conversations with other young teens about like about abortion, about gay marriage, and just how prevalent uh, the attitude was that well, gay people don't really need to get married because they're not like you know. It's just it's just sort of. I don't know why I was aware of it, but I could really—I've always—I've always just seen somehow, very directly, the social reproduction of, of, of liberal conservative values. Um, it, it, it seemed. It seemed very clear to me that so much of the point of, 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 of the whole goddamn charades to convince kids that this is just normal. Because if you can define a child's sense of normal such that it includes incredible discrimination it is that much harder to convince them that that's not normal um, and of course it all comes down to control um, just sort of the it, it, I mean a lot of the, the one could one could psychoanalyze all day about um, I don't know the motivations here uh, but I, but I do think there's a significant part of it that comes down to the fact that um, conservatives, and not just conservatives, but quite a few liberals, view children as property. Um, I guess in the last episode I did talk about this some in terms of uh, how we are the children of the fatherland, and that quite literally is reflected in, in policy choices where we're sort of expected to be grateful for whatever is given to us in the same way that a, a queer kid is expected to be grateful of the tough love given to them by their uh, <laughs> deeply Christian family. Um, yeah. Um, I guess I'm, I'm not as shaken by this uh, particular event. I'm shaken by a lot of things right now, and I have been kind of waffling back and forth between uh, frenzied hopelessness and frenzied uh, mania. And, um, but, but I guess uh, my entire adult life, it's felt like, and our entire adult lives, I should say, Roe has been the goal of the conservative project, right? Uh, 
for years and years and years now. That's been the thing. That's been the the, the watchword, even among liberal circles. Uh, it's like if they if if they overturn Roe, that's the that's the Rubicon. That's when we've gone too far. That's way louder than I was expecting it to be. Water drain. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, little vortex that formed in the sink there. Liberal journalists and and pundits uh, will now change their story as they've already already done uh, as they did, you know, in the Trump administration when. Uh, Trump was appointing Supreme Court justices and liberals were like, well, actually, Kavanaugh is a good guy. Um, there's a... Whoa! <laughs> I sort of fell into the sink there. Um, uh, there's a new episode of Citations Needed is, is sort of about the construction of the myth of the Supreme Court. Uh, highly recommended, but the sort of the credulity that the liberal establishment lends to uh, the judiciary and to the Supreme Court uh, is sort of very telling, right? And, and obviously liberals fear, liberals fear socialism far more than they fear fascism because liberalism is fundamentally, whether they know it or not, the PR wing of uh, of fascism always has been always will be um, but regardless of what they say the fact remains that we've got an entire generation several entire generations now of 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 adults and young adults who were raised on a very ironclad assumption that uh, some things actually matter in a in a in a long-term political sense. I feel like this is it's a complicated it's a complicated issue, and and it's one that I've been talking about a lot in 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 the last couple of episodes in terms of like. What are we to make of the seeming absence of any interface with on-the-ground reality from Democrats? Uh, not in terms of are, are they right in their strategy, are they corrupt, are they incompetent, um, but more in terms of what, what can we realistically expect progress-wise. Uh, you know, I wonder if there is such a genuine lack of of um, functional government in a lot of places that uh, you get enough people just sort of doing the work of helping people to survive uh, from an organizational perspective. Uh, eventually, a lot of the sort of, I guess, moderate conservatives uh, will... Uh, ultimately end up thinking that socialism was their idea. That's sort of my, maybe that's an ahistorical, optimistic uh, sort of 
imaginary, but I, I, I wonder, you know, I, I feel like so much of how we have constructed American politics right now in this country just comes down to saying the right things, doing the right things, uh, without actually doing anything, being seen, supporting the right things. Um, so much of so much of American politics right now comes down to like creating creating the impression that there are these two unbridgeable gaps, uh, uh, two unbridgeable parties. There's 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 the extreme right and the extreme left, and they've all arrived at their own conclusions independently, and they are, we must respect their intellectual rigor and, uh, and, and not try to educate them or talk down to them. We must meet them in the middle, you know? And I just don't believe that's fucking true. I, I think that's a stupid way to go about politics, and, I mean, it, it is plain on its face in an ineffective strategy. Um, I think I think if you build a an apparatus of some kind that gives people what they need to survive regardless of their political uh, political affiliation regardless of their economic station if you just create a baseline level of product uh, of protected existence um, and this is crucial you pair that with a proactive explicitly ideological uh, maybe call it a PR organ I don't know what you would call it at this stage um, but if you pair the policy with a, with an explicit ideological message um, with 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 a with a with a focus on activating people, you know, activating the working class. Um, you you end up um, getting distracted. needed to take a sec there to collect my thoughts. Um, there, was a, there was an assumption after the New Deal, right, that uh, it, it, once people started to, uh, uh, once people got used to Medicare and Medicaid and saw how obviously good it was that, that eventually there would just be no way to not pass Medicare for all. Uh, and I think I, I know there were similar assumptions after um, the Affordable Care Act, where there was this thought of like, oh well, you know, you give the Medicaid expansion to uh, a bunch of even red states, and eventually they will be just so happy to have health care uh, that they uh, that they you know join your side essentially. 
And I don't know that that, stra- that that particular interpretation of reality is on its face 100% incorrect, but I think the mistake that was made is that you can't just hope that these things will sort of just magically happen. And that's the real mistake, I think, of, of, of the liberal project in, in America. And we run into the problem here of like, to what extent is anything a mistake versus like they've just run it into the ground on purpose because they're a bunch of greedy assholes. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter because the, the end result is the same and the solution is the same. Um, but there is this, there is a, you know, there, on one side, on the conservative side, you have a very deliberate ideological project to reshape society as a Christian theocracy, a white nationalist Christian theocracy. And then on the liberal side, what? What do you have? You have an invisible ideology, and you have a vague sort of ill-defined idea of liberal values. And you say, well, progress, the, the, the arc of history bends toward progress. And, uh, you know, there is no moral commitment. There is no acknowledgement that there is a moral dimension to politics. Uh, I, I tweeted the other day, uh, yesterday, that uh, no American journalist of this century has ever asked if it is morally acceptable for a government or anyone to tell another person what they can or cannot do with their bodies. Um, it's, it's sort of, we just sort of report on trans rights and abortion rights as if they are rebrandings of popular snack foods. Um, and that's because if the morals are stated out loud, if we acknowledge that there is a moral dimension to politics, if we, if we actually have the conversation that needs to happen, uh, that, that every person needs to have with themselves and with their community, you inevitably come to the conclusion that shit has to change, that this way that we have organized society simply is not sustainable. And kind of the, 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 uh, the currency of, of the liberal project is to leave all of that implied so that you, the individual, can, if you so desire, see your particular values reflected in the statement, but crucially the politician or policymaker or whatever hasn't made any actionable commitments. They've just said the right thing, kind of, if you look at it the right way. And so I do think there is an extent to which, right, that if you give people the stuff that they need to survive, if you were to, say, cancel student debt and give people, uh, 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 you know, do, do something along the lines of, like, you're guaranteed a job at this particular rate, uh, you can't be evicted for just any reason, you can't be fired for just any reason, um, you know, get, get rid of at-will employment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, if, you give, if you give people the stuff that they need to survive, they will... I think probably after enough time, uh, be pretty happy with 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 you. Some of them will, 
uh, but there will always be a contingent of people who will be belligerent assholes even as they uh, reap the benefits of their new life, and they will uh, say, oh, these horrid socialist, communist anarchists uh, uh, will... Uh, committed horrid violence to uh, to to get their selfish ways, and you know the uh, capitalist America was so much better. Whatever happens, you know there will always be those people, um, and I think that those people gain purchase, as we have seen, in the absence of an explicit ideological project from the left. Um, and that's sort of the, 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 the problem of liberalism as it currently exists is uh, there is no explicit ideological project. Like you look at China and they're talking about like, here's what our country will look like in 10, 20, 30 years. They're talking about reducing poverty. They're talking about building, uh, they've already built, you know, an incredible mass transit line and they're trying, you know. And we can talk about like... <sighs> There is no government on earth that is not on some level unjust. That just sort of runs with the territory. But to look at another country's government from, from the place of America and say, no, China's the problem, is uh, pretty fucking stupid, you ask me. Um, it is not a an across-the-board enforcement of all things that China does um, to say, wouldn't it be nice if our government cared about people? Wouldn't it be nice if our government had like an any year plan? They just sort of come into power and they're like, well, we're in power now. And uh, I've passed a law that says we will be off of, uh, we, will, we will have a fully automated uh, uh, electric car uh, grid by 2055 or whatever. And they just sort of do that and then they don't talk about it and they're just like, yep, we did it. I, we, did, we did what we said we would do. And, it, and, and, and there's just seemingly no acknowledgement of the fact the next guy's going to come in and undo all of that. Like, you know, uh, 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 Biden did a, an executive order last week, I think, about um, pushing back on, on uh, uh, state actions, like creating a committee, I think, to investigate uh, 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 anti-transgender legislation in various states. And that's good. It's good that there is something happening there. The problem is that it's an executive order which means that the next guy can literally just undo it as soon as he comes into office. Um, and, and so, yes, it's good to see progress, but that's not really progress. That's a, that's a temporary, that's not, that's not cause for celebration. And, and, and they're just in the habit of giving us these little handouts and saying, all right, well, we did it. <laughs> We're we're gonna give you a we're gonna give you a gas tax holiday. We're gonna give you a um, uh, we're gonna give you a fifty dollar credit to help be, make internet affordable. <laughs> no more than fifty dollars, though. Um, it's it's uh, it's sort of astonishing to witness. 
And so I think there is the the the, the lack of an of a of a of an explicit ideological mechanism, uh, sort of pushing this vision of the future. I mean, you know, the liberal the liberal project is defined by the end of history, and I think that is the fundamental mistake: is that by the, the entire framework of the end of history is there is no more ideology, there is no more us and them, we are in the future, and we have arrived at liberal society and everything else is just sort of iterating upon the perfection. Um, and so from that perspective, it makes no sense to try to say, you know, oh, we need to have a vision of a future America, where we are not relying on fossil fuels, where we are not, uh, hell, where we are not assassinating uh, uh, duly elected leaders in foreign nations like every day. <laughs> um, you, you suggest things, like changes to society that would make things better, that seemingly line up with liberal values, and you get this sort of like, well, but don't, don't you love America? Don't you, don't, don't, why, what's your problem with, why don't you, why, why don't you trust the framers of the Constitution? Um, but my, my, my feeling of hope here To to the to the, I've I've almost finished. I've basically finished doing the dishes here. Um, it's weird living in this moment and and witnessing the collapse of the American Empire in real time. Witnessing the rise of fascism, a lot of red states, and. Uh, particularly in, in one of my home states in Texas, where I have a lot of trans friends. Um, just my, my own personal knowledge of, of the bureaucracy there, the inhumane bureaucracy, um, has me worried, you know, in, in a way that is maybe a bit sort of, Texas is my boogeyman, so I, I, may, I maybe overinflate the threat a little bit, but it is it is scary, and there have been more th more than a couple of times uh, over the last few months that I've found myself feeling like just utterly apocalyptic. Like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna elect uh, literal Hitler Youth in twenty twenty four, and that guy with the Supreme Court's help is gonna make like being transgender illegal. And I'm just imagining like you know I'm here in Seattle, and there's a part of me that's like. Is this going to be, you know, since this is this is a this is a safe harbor for trans people in a lot of ways? Is this kind of one of those deliberate things where you let all the trans people sort of silo themselves into a handful of places and then go after them? You know, do I think that that's a realistic expectation? I have no idea what to expect at this point. What I do know is that it doesn't hurt to consider it as a possibility and to be prepared. I mean. Fundamentally, it just can't. We just can't afford to be naive about what's possible. Um, as Robert Evans would say, it can, in fact, happen here. And yet, every single day, I have to do the dishes. 
and I sit here and I do the dishes and I often I'm listening to a podcast. It's, it's almost always death panel or, or citations needed. I've been trying to get, get caught up on the uh, actual play podcast, Critical Bits, co-hosted by uh, uh, Shannon Strucci. It's a really funny, good podcast. Um, uh, the only actual play that I still listen to, which still is a bit, a bit optimistic way of putting it because I've uh, been behind on that podcast for a long time. But it is weird, like, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about what, it, no idea what the future holds, no idea, you know, it, it's always been absurd to me, the idea that I would own a home or have like a career or whatever, just by virtue of my own experiences in the workplace. Um, but it's become ever more so now. And we're just in this position of like trying to help our friends get to a safe harbor, trying to make a stable life for us. We're you know we're, we're we're trying to increase our income, which is difficult because, of course, the government seems to think that uh, we need more unemployment. <laughs> uh, so we need to make we need to we need to crash wages, and we need to get uh, workers hurting even more, which means less disposable income, which means less money. For people like me who have come to rely upon uh, donation sites like Patreon and Camaraderie, which if you want to support my work, uh, as I am continuing to work on many things uh, at this moment in time, that's <laughs> um, patreon.com slash LTAS or camaraderie.co slash Uh There's also ko-fi dot com slash sarazetic those are places where you can give me money if you so desire um so there's a lot of like fear and worry about that but then i get up and i come over here and i just end up doing the dishes and it's like there's something deeply absurd about it when you're trying there's so much uncertainty and there's it's terrifying right now it's terrifying to to look out at the future especially as a trans person and wonder like am i still going to be able to legally access my hrt in a couple of years and you know there's so many unanswered questions um and i'm now like well i, I haven't I, I i still haven't finished my laser hair removal from that i started years ago so that that has all been all the progress that that i'd made doing laser has been reversed by now um and i have i have i have noticeable tits but i can hide them pretty easily and i've got my thinning hair so i pass as, as a cis man pretty easily um and so there is a part of me that's like you know, was it politically expedient to, to not change my name, to, 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 to not have a different gender marker, to not pursue feminizing procedures? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I do feel like there is an element of protest that I feel just inherent to, you know, I don't, I don't believe that I should have to fund out of my own pocket um, the, the the healthcare that I need to survive. I, I, I don't I don't I don't agree. Um, and I, I'll I'll admit that I've I've felt I found myself feeling some resentment towards um, other other trans people in in the public eye who uh, for 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 any number of reasons have been able to afford. 
um, facial feminization, vocal training, whatever, the, the whole litany of procedures. Um, and feel like there is, there is this really painful divide between um, the, the, not affluent, but doing okay white middle class to, to the extent that a middle class exists. Um, the, the, the affluent sort of white middle class transness versus um, trans, transness among people of color and, 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 and poor communities and um, my own, you know, just personally for me, my lack of access to a lot of these resources and feeling like I shouldn't, so just sort of resenting the idea that, 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 that it's necessary. And I, and I think a lot about uh, the old ContraPoints video where she makes the point that um, cis people sort of hold your gender for ransom um, in casual conversation. And I, uh, I've, 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 I don't know where I stand on that, but I do find it deeply frustrating that we just sort of accept the idea that uh, it is on us to behave in such a way that uh, other people will see us for 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 the way that we want to be perceived, I guess. Um, when, to my mind, the goal, uh, you know, it's not enough to just say, oh, trans rights are human rights. It's not enough to just say that trans people are real and deserve uh, humane treatment. Because I believe that the existence of trans people at all implies that foundationally uh, so much of, of how we construct society is just built on a lie. And I don't think that you can really politically, sanely call yourself somebody who understands transness or gender as a construct if you think that it's good enough for trans people to simply have the ability to transition because, of course, transition implies point A to point B and doesn't say much for, for gender fluidity. Half the fucking trans women that I know now are like toying with a sort of playful masculinity and, and rediscovering that there is a sense of like now we have the ability to kind of reapproach masculinity from a safer place, from a place where it isn't being imposed upon us with 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 the threat of violence, but is something that we can kind of toy with. And and I, I, I don't know. I just see gender as being a deeply complicated and political thing, and to call that a a distraction, to call that like a boutique issue, fucking Hillary Clinton. Uh, uh, is like I don't know. It's missing the forest for the trees in a big way, and it's it's a it's a radical lack of solidarity and a radical lack of vision from people who should otherwise know better. Um, um, and it's but it's scary to 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 be swimming in this. Um, but like, you know, what difference does it make that I don't get procedures done? Like, great, so I get misgendered all the time. And um, I don't know. I, I've since come around, like, it's not it's not my place to really, uh, it's, it's not fair of me to judge anybody for their ability to get procedures done that they 
um, need. Um, and I, I think the, the lesson is not jealousy. The lesson is solidarity. It's pushing for, like, yes, everybody should have access to these procedures for free. Uh, we need more, uh, not less. Um, we need to use that as an example of, hey, see, this person got it and is doing great. We need this for everybody. I don't care what you think. There's just a, there is a correct moral answer here. This idea that there is no moral dimension to the question of trans rights, like it's a both sides issue. Like, well, some people say that kids don't know what they're talking about and other people say that kids do. And it's like, no, there is, there isn't, this isn't, this isn't an academic sort of will they, won't they question. This isn't, this isn't, it's not the rebranding of a popular chip brand. It's, 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 it's human lives. It's people's ability to determine the state of their own bodies. There is a correct answer there. And if the liberal project is incapable of admitting that there are correct, objectively correct moral answers to political questions that require taking a stand against people who, taking a stand against intolerance, then that project is completely valueless and needs to be eradicated. And if there's any hope that I get out of this particular moment, it is that I think a whole hell of a lot of people are on the same page. And I think maybe I, at least, underestimated the extent to which this situation is obvious to everybody. And I do wonder, you know, there is there is a, a major problem with fascism in this country, but I I do wonder what happens when you raise several entire generations on an idea of a progressive liberalism that that does value bodily autonomy, that does value progress towards a, a greener, brighter future. These are all things that Democrats have professed over the years, even as they have consistently failed to do anything and, and often have, have regressed, uh, uh, made it more difficult to, to achieve those goals. Um, but they've still professed those ideas. And, Demo you know, most Democrat voters, I, I have to assume, believe them. That is why they vote for those Democrats, because they fundamentally believe a politician when a politician says, I am, I am uh, aiming to, to do right by this group of people. I'm aiming to uh, uh, make the world a better place, you know? That's nominally, that's what we're taught. Uh, growing up in this, in this stupid fucking public education system, we're taught that this is sort of, that there is this, um, this sort of inherent morality to democracy. And the mistake, as I've been saying, is that we, we, we let the morals go unstated and, and so that's why we're in the position that we're in. But you do have a whole hell of a lot of people who are my age and younger and older who've been raised in this society told time and again, you know, this is, you're going to have a future where you own a house, you have a nice job, and you get to retire, um, and you get to be proud of your country, and uh, you, you, you know, it will have a have a good world for your kids, and we're 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 taught that civil liberties matter, 
that um, you know they're they're the, the, we're all taught the history of racism, even as we're it's whitewashed and made to made out to be like this inevitable grant of progress or whatever. But like again, this is why this is why conservatives want to control the narrative so much, and, and why they've succeeded in their project is uh, because ignorance is the the best tool that they have, and liberalism sort of supports ignorance. Um, but the fact remains, again, there there are a hell of a lot of people who hold these values and suddenly see the Democratic Party doing absolutely nothing in the face of of the overturning of Roe to say nothing of the countless other uh, unbridgeable like Rubicons that they have crossed uh, in, in, just throughout the course of our lifetimes, um, and especially in the last couple of years. Um, I think I think you've got a lot of people looking at that and realizing like, well, what do we stand for if we don't stand for the values that we were taught, taught that we stand for? And so there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I do not want to make the mistake of sort of saying, ah, this will just happen automatically because it absolutely will not. Uh, the Republicans have reached the level of success that they have primarily because they have spent 40 years uh, very deliberately working on this as a massive political project. Uh, and they've, I mean, all the trans shit, that, the anti-trans shit going on in the states right now, that was tested by, by American companies and politicians and super PACs, whatever, funded in the UK. The situation in the UK is, is very much a result of, of, America, of, of Mer American corporate intervention, American... I don't know. I don't know how how you would describe it, but it was it, the, the 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 trans misogyny campaign in in the UK. Obviously, the UK has a long history of trans misogyny, but it was certainly elevated tactically um, by American interests who were using it as a test bed for the strategies that they are now deploying uh, very successfully in the states. So I think that there is room if we are able to build an explicit ideological project that says we have values that aren't just about money and that whether or not a healthcare system is profitable, whether or not a transportation system is profitable, whether or not anything that involves the essential elements of human existence is profitable is, is utterly irrelevant. That should be that should be at the forefront here. Is is we have an econ we have an economic liberalism that demands um, a very specific type of engagement, um, and and we're we're at the end of it, and it's time to sort of get rid of this idea that everything needs to be profitable, that everything needs to be uh, balanced like a checkbook. Or that 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 it that it that there is there that the deficit matters. We've sort of enshrined economy as this magical entity, this this divine creature that runs society for us with its invisible hand. And it's long past time to stand up and say, like, no, we 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 actually believe in something. 
uh, we believe in, in the rights of people to, to determine for themselves the course of their bodies, that we, we believe that everybody has a right to housing and health care and education and the right to, to a job that doesn't violate their own morals, right to a job that won't fire them for literally anything, um, and that we're willing to fight for that in the same way that conservatives have stood up and said that we believe in a, in a, in a, 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 a fascist, white supremacist Christian theocracy. Um, they've been saying that out loud in a lot of places for years now. And it's always just been like, ah, well, you know, they're not really going to do it because they did, liberals don't have an answer. But socialists, communists, we, we have an answer. And I think as I've concluded in, in both of the last couple of episodes, that there is... Uh, Roe v. Wade has been, for years, the line in the sand. When We know when, when, when we've repealed Roe v. Wade, that's the point at which fascism is, is, is undeniable and it's time to really get fucking serious. And we're there. And I think... I don't think you tell several generations of, of, of young people who earnestly believe in the values that they have been taught, um, even as those values were always a sham, I don't think you can get away with telling, the, telling us that this is the, the, the line in the sand and then cross that line in the sand and then just nothing happens as a result. Um, and so I actually... As horrid as this moment is, and as as grim as things look, um, the fact remains that there always there is always opportunity in crisis uh, for us and for the fascists. And if we don't seize it, somebody else will. And I don't know. As 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 easy as it is to get swallowed up by how much is going on and how terrifying it all is. At the end of the day, you still got to get up and do the dishes and live your life. And I think that's what we all want to do. We just want to be able to live our lives and, and not have to think about the apocalypse every single day. And I think more people than we give credit for believe that that takes work and they just need help in figuring out what kind of work it will take. I don't know how hopeful is too hopeful. I don't know what's naive anymore. And I have no sense of certainty. I just know that I have to find something to hold on to. And um, giving my girlfriend the ability to cook me a good meal is a pretty good thing to, to, to hold on to, at least to me. Thank you.